So what are we learning here about a census? So if you see in the, in the this is in the Kisisa, right? You see that it says it shall not be. Look in the first in the second verse. It says uh, when you count, so that there will not be a plague among them when counting them. What does that mean? That if you count people, what happens? A plague comes. Right? What happens what? When you do count people, oh, oh. then the play counts, right? Now there's actually a story in the in the in the Tanakh, a story about when they counted and the plague actually broke out in counting them. That's where it comes from that we don't count people. We just um, for a minion for example, so we have like a verse which has ten mm-hmm. words in that verse and we picked a verse which is a I don't know if you're familiar with that verse. Hoshia es amecha uvarich es nachlosecha ureim v'nasim ada oylam. So if you want to know if you have a minion, you start counting. Hoshia, you don't count one, two, three, mm-hmm. but you count them in that way. Now, one of the striking things over here is what were they all told to give? How much were they supposed to give? What are we learning? How much did they give? Half a shekel. A half a shekel, right? Now, does this tell you something? Why a half a shekel? You know, why a half? You know, why not a shekel? You know, is it, it would be too expensive for them to give a shekel? You know, why do we say a half a shekel? And you also see that the verse is talking about, says a half a shekel to atone, right? It talks about atonement. Mm-hmm. What were they atoning for? What, what, what kind of a, what kind of a sin were they atoning for over here? There's various commentary. Later on in this section, in this portion, we will talk about the sin of the golden calf. Okay. Uh, do you know a little bit of the story, what took place, how it came about, the Jews made the golden calf? Because when Moses went up to the mountain, mm-hmm. he told him he'll be back in 40 days. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he delayed, and then they thought that he's not coming back, mm-hmm. and then they quickly went and made the golden calf. Yeah. Now, of course, that made God very, very angry at the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of consequences because of that incident. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it is said that whenever something bad happens, God always remembers that and brings that in also as a... A punishment, you know, a little bit. He always remembers that uh, sin of the took place of the golden calf. But God later on showed that He forgave them. Eventually, He did forgive them, because we know that Moses went up after that took place. And as he was coming down from the mountain, eventually the next day when he came down, he saw they made the golden calf. He took the two luchas, the tablets, and he smashed them by the bottom of the of the mountain. And then eventually he went up again for 40 days and he was begging God to forgive the Jewish people. And then eventually God tells him, come back up and you will, I'll give you the uh, second tablets. Those were the tablets that Moses had to create. At that point, God tells to Moses that he should build them the sanctuary because the sanctuary will be a, uh, a sign of an atonement for... Uh, for God but the reason we have a half a shekel one of the ideas behind it is because a person should never really feel 
that he's doing a whole. You know, a lot of times, you know, when a person gives charity, let's say, and uh, and he, he makes announces it all over, and he feels so good about it that everybody knows and everybody honors him. Right? He's sort of buying, you know, the, the honor or whatever by giving. So a person feels accomplished if you give a whole. Torah wants you to give a half, to always remember, you know what, you're giving, but it's only a half, you know, you're only a half. The concept of half is very, very important. We're half, God is the other half. You know, we're a half, another person is also a half. Always remember that you're all a half of a whole. You're only whole if you have the other half. You cannot just be just you. It's not all about you. So the concept of a half is a very, very powerful message. It has a very powerful message. And it seems a little strange that, you know, they did such a grave sin as uh, worship the golden calf. Now we're giving them a half a shekel to atone for their sins. How could a half a shekel... I uh, know atone for such a terrible sin. You know, I mean, you would need to do something more. It would seem. And matter of fact, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, Talmud, and in the commentators, it says that Moses was surprised. He's asking God, you know, what could a person do to atone for yourself? I mean, God forbid, if somebody is sick in the family, right? You're going to spend, you know, a fortune to 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 make sure that the person is cured, that he gets healthy again. So here, if we're, our souls are sick, here we're saying, oh, give a half a shekel and you're all done. It seems to be a very easy fix, you know, not really fitting the crime, you know, the penalty. But it hasn't happened yet, right? This is before no, that? See, no, it's in wrong order. This, this is still afterwards? This is afterwards okay. because God actually told them to do this because then the, what do they do with the money that they collected from all these people? They put it for the building of the sockets. In the tab on the on the, on the they had silver sockets that the beams the the acacia wood mm-hmm. pool were sitting in. So they took they melted down those silver mm-hmm. and they made sockets out mm-hmm. of them. And those were the sockets that they were sitting in there. And the question is, how could a half a shekel do, done in it? So it says that God showed Moses. Moses had a difficulty, and that's why you see the word the wording in verse thirteen. Take a look. It says this shall they give. What does it mean, this? When you point on something, you should say, they shall give. What does it mean, this? God showed Moses, and He said, this they shall give. Why did God have to show Moses? And what did He show Moses? So it says, He showed him a coin made out of fire. He showed him a half a shekel made out of fire. So what... What did Hashem have to show him? Because Moshe didn't understand. Moses didn't understand. How could a half a shekel atone? God showed him a fiery shekel. A fire. What is a half a shekel? Is it literally a half of a shekel? Yeah, it's a shekel. Is there a well, there was a, a there is. Shekel? Yeah, but today's. I mean, the Torah gives you the exact value. It says, "Esrim geiru hashekel." It's a shekel hakodesh. There is. There's the various different shekels. There's a holy if shekel. I said to you, is there a coin? Like if I said half a dime, would you have to cut a dime in half? Or could you give me a dime? Uh, well, hey, no, we're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was, was a coin a half a shekel. There was a half a shekel. Yeah, but also, uh, all their money was valued by the weight of the silver. There was actually a shekel had a certain weight. Oh, 20 gear. The price, yeah, 20 gear was the weight. 
So oh. these are all goals by weight. It's really weight, Sorry. you know how much you know how much it is. So this this these are all the um, the ideas of, of, of shekels that you give. They have to have a shekel. The the other thing is you know that we also give uh, a half a shekel uh, before Purim. That we read it now. We actually give three half shekels that we give. Kippurim, oh, that's a very good one. But Kippurim here means an atonement. It doesn't really mean the festival of Purim. Actually, the festival of Purim only came into being many, many years later. You know, the festival of Purim took place in between the two temples, which was much later. Kippurim, but that's a very interesting uh, concept that you just mentioned. Because, you know, what is Yom Kippurim? The atonement. Holiest day. Purim is a very joyous day. The word kir, the letter kir, can also mean like. So some people say that Yom Kippurim, that the Yom Kippur is just like Purim. In other words, the joy that takes place in our service of God and Purim is even greater than the great awe that we experience on Yom Kippurim. So that's why it's only Yom Kippurim. It's only a day like Purim. This is just a... Um, um, uh, a kind of a, a interesting idea, but I wanted to say there's another point here. Look in what does verse 15 say? The wealthy shall not increase, and the destitute shall not decrease in half a shekel. So you ask yourself, well, wait a minute, why not the wealthy person? What happens if a wealthy person gives a gift that you know a wealthy person? throws in a dime into the pushka, just like the poor person throws a dime into the pushka. That's not proper. The wealthy person should give according to his abilities. Now, what would you say if a person has the ability to, to study and to learn a lot, right? You're going to say, no, 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 just learn as much as the poor, as the person who's unlearned. Well, everybody has to use, utilize their potentials, right? We shouldn't all do the same. That's true. There was actually several different gifts. This wasn't the only gifts. It was a machzis, a shekel, which everybody was the same. But yet, that is for the foundation of the temple. But there is other gifts which people have to give according to their ability. Mm-hmm. That of course, one is required to give according to their ability. Whether it's charity, whether it's learning, whether it's mitzvahs, everybody is expected to do the most that they have, that they can according to your ability. But the idea over here is there is some charity sometimes which we are all equal. Mm -hmm. Which means there is a bottom line humanity. There's Mm -hmm. a bottom line of Judaism that we have in ourselves. You know, like one person, one vote. Mm -hmm. One person, one vote. Mm -hmm. There is a, uh, when you count them in their essence and then the foundation that the temple was made out of, over there we're all united. Everybody's equal. There is really no difference between one person and the other person. So at a certain level, at a certain gift, we all give the same. I understand. Now, let me ask you something else. Can you imagine if we're trying to count the people by counting the shekels, right? If everybody gave right. a different amount, how are you going to count them? It's going to be... So that's uh, how they're going to count them. Uh, yeah, but here, yeah that's, a, that's the way they counted. They counted the shekels from the, from the people. And there's one more other thing is that the word... What they mention is kisiso. What does kisiso means when you will take a census? But siso also means to raise. You raise them up. 
In other words, this ra- ra- raises the Jews up from their level, from where they're standing, to become to a higher level. And this is the section of Kisisa, that notwithstanding the fact that we study about the, the eagle, they did the golden calf, it looked like they failed. But sometimes after we fail, we can actually even reach higher, greater heights. If a person is always doing the right thing, he never makes a mistake, he's limited in his experience, or he's limited in his desire to connect to God. But if a person has sort of strayed from the path and he's made mistakes, and then he realizes that he makes mistakes, so his turning to God is in a much stronger, a much more profound way. It's like we use the example, uh, there is advantage of light when it comes after darkness. In other words, if it was dark, and then you put on the light, then you get to really appreciate the light. You know, if you were poor, and then you made it, then you appreciate what you made. Mm-hmm. But if you grow up with a silver spoon, you know, then you know you don't. It doesn't mean anything to you. A person's experience, similarly, in, in the, to closeness to God. If a person is always close to God, he maybe doesn't mm-hmm. appreciate it that much. But a person who's far, so that's why Kisisa, you know, in other words, after the experience with the golden calf, after the Jews failed, they actually were raised, their heads were actually raised into a higher level, because they are the level of Baal Teshuvah. Baal Teshuvah means a person who repents. It says in the Talmud that in the place where people who repent, that they, they're standing, the, even the righteous people cannot reach and cannot stand in that place don't even have the ability to stand in that place, which means they go on to a higher level. You would think that a tzaddik, one who never made mistakes, who's always doing the right thing, is greater than one who made mistakes, but the truth is the other way around. A person who's made mistakes reaches up and... That's good to know. That's comforting. What? Because <laughs> I made my shit. I will tell you the story. So, there was once a story that the Rebbe uh, Levi Yitzchak of Barditchen once when in Yom Kippur, he goes out of the shul, and he sees there's one of the guys in the, in the street there, you know, he's like violating Yom Kippur, he's eating a sandwich, and he's, uh, and, you know, he's not fasting, he's not praying, you know, he's doing everything else. And the rabbi stops him, he says to him, you know, I envy you. <laughs> he says, you envy me? He says, you must be kidding. What is there to envy about? The rabbi says to him, you know what, it says in the Talmud that one who has sinned straight away, if he repents, he does the proper repentance, then all of the sins turn to mitzvahs. The rabbi says, can you imagine how many <laughs> mitzvahs you would have if you only repented? I, more than I could ever do because you got all those appearances. He says, you can stack them up and make mitzvahs. So the guy says to the rabbi, he says, Rabbi, don't envy me this year, you should come back next year. <laughs> then, then you'll really envy me. But the words of the rabbi did make a, an impact on him. And he did realize, you know, a lot of times people uh, don't think, you know, that they give up. You know, they say, oh, well, you know, what are we? okay, listen, I'm not going to change now, nothing's going to happen. No, listen, this is the way I live my life, that's my education, is it? But the truth is that I don't know that you can actually get, you know, a lot accomplished, and you can, you know, uh, reach levels which are even beyond the people that are, uh, you know, some of our greatest sages, like Rabbi Akiva, for example. He turned forty before 
he even learned how to read Hebrew. And then he became one of the greatest, one of the greatest scholars. Matter of fact, he actually comes from converts. He wasn't actually... Really? Yeah, he comes from converts. And they, you know, they transformed. That's the whole idea. I, mean, oh, I got to get going. Okay, sorry. Okay.